Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm John Bishop. And I'm Lucas Southworth. And John, may I say another perfect intro? Absolutely. And this is America? Don't get you tripping, though. Uh, no, but it is the Kachat. Did you already say that? I've already forgotten. New York, yes. The only podcast, all that jazz? Yes. Great. Incredible. So I was right before when I said it was a perfect intro. But not when you said, as always. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but John's right. This is American. And we're doing, you know, if you look at the old calendar, if you listen to this on release date, tomorrow is the American day for all us Americans. So John and I, known patriots that we are, mm-hmm. decided to do an episode about it. Absolutely. And we decided this, I don't know, maybe a week ago? Yep. And then I think both independently were like, yeah, we'll be able to think of stuff for that. Yeah, we know stuff about America. I've lived here my whole life. And I've lived here for at least uh, 14 years. You haven't lived here for my whole life, so there's that. True. And uh, there was two weeks in which I did. Uh, well, I was alive in Japan, so that that's something. I wouldn't say a two-week trip to Japan would count as you living in Japan. I know you like... Lucas, was I dead? Sure. I knew the argument was coming. <laughs> you, you're going to yes. fight back, but... Now, here's the thing. I went to Japan. I stayed in a house. Sure. And I was a student in Japan. Yeah. For three days. So that almost seems like something that would count. Now, does it count as much as the other students, the older students who stayed there for six weeks? No. Anyway, John and I have been talking about non-flattering things about specific people we named from high school for a few minutes now. So I've cut that out. But we're back and we're talking about Independence Day, John, and I've thought of something. Let's talk about it. If we know for a fact that the American Revolution happened in the cars first, not just because we know that America exists, which we do, and because we know that history follows generally the same route as our world, but because, yes, we've seen a depiction of it, the exact concept art that is our Twitter banner, uh, albeit 
covered by a thing saying, let me see exactly what it says real quick. Number 67 comedy podcast in Madagascar, <laughs> an unreliable source. Yeah. I If you're wondering, no, I've never looked into that more, and I never will. And hopefully it's still true. Hey, hopefully it was ever true. Yep. But yes, we have seen some concept art for Cars 2, which for some reason depicts a battle in the American Revolution. <laughs> you know, very relevant to the plot of Cars 2, mm-hmm. uh, in which seemingly the Redcoats won it because they are on the top of a hill raising a British flag. So that's okay. pretty cool. So it did happen, but the United States might not be a thing. I mean, no, we know the USA is a thing, and the British did win battles, just not the war. Lucas, the British, they don't win. What? What are you talking about? No, famously, the British are an incredible military force <laughs> throughout history. They've okay, certainly but hit, what strategy losses, did but... we use to defeat them? Hide in trees and shoot them a bunch. And also don't stand in straight lines. But, you know, the straight lines have been working up to that point. They had no reason to think that they wouldn't. Uh, I know there's a lot more reasoning behind it, especially like with regard to, oh, it's a lot easier to command. But the idea of what if we just don't line up for them is mind boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know enough about, like, military theory to, like, really get into it, but it does seem pretty obvious to not do that, at least when, you know, you get to the time when bullets are a thing. Mm-hmm. If you can fire a cannon... Yeah. It, okay, so you got a line of people, and yeah. that line is a different line also. So there's rows, there's columns, and you have a cannon, you can kill a lot of people with one shot. That's not good for being shot at like in the mel gibson movie the Patriot. the one that has traumatized me by just making me think about that one thing where a cannonball hit a bunch of people yeah i remember i was telling this story the other day so it may have been to you or on the podcast because that's when i tell stories but it's also been a month since we recorded so probably not uh but when i was in the eighth grade uh, my social studies teacher, Mr. Wells, who I don't care <laughs> naming him, showed us The Patriot, mm-hmm. uh, which, if you're wondering, is not particularly appropriate for eighth graders, but not that bad. But that is the year they show it to you. It, it, it is. And during the scene where the guy get either the one where the guy gets his leg blown off or there's another one where like the guy just basically explodes right or his head explodes or something oh, i think uh, it's his chest gets caved in yeah that's it that's it during one of those i can't remember which i want to say it's the one where the leg comes off mr well said whoa did you guys see that <laughs> and then paused it rewound it and played it at least two or three more times how do they see how do they get away with these things well i remember we had to sign a permission slip because the patriot is rated r Mm -hmm. uh we had to get a permission slip signed to watch it so i guess you've given permission for your child to do it so might as well take advantage of it 
But I remember even in the eighth grade being like, this doesn't seem like a teacher thing to do. Like, I was like very, very deferential to authority uh, for most of my life. But like, even then, where I was very not quick to question teachers was like, I don't know about this one, Mr. Wells. Like, I didn't mind, but I was like, this seems odd. Yeah, man. Same with the weird uh, amount of deference to authority except if it's not pre-established if it's not pre-established i immediately will fight tooth and nail against it and it's instinctual at this point there was a okay so there's a person who dislikes me and it's for various reasons but it's i was in a show with them and they made the comment actors after i basically like snapped a little bit because someone had been for the entirety of the show like assuming a role of all right guys let's do this and that is not something i'm chill about it was like hey we have a director we have an owner of this company and neither of those are you so don't do that because you're not in charge of anyone except for yourself uh if you want us to do that, here's what you do. You ask, yeah, make you it make a question it. and it's polite. If you tell me to do something, that's the opposite. And I'm going to be mad. But uh, man, nothing spoils that deference to teachers uh, faster than becoming one. Mm, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I was a sub for a little bit, and boy howdy, you don't have to receive training. You don't have to be prepared at all, at all, to be a substitute. And, like, there's an amount of disrespect aimed towards substitute teachers that I gotta say, some of them probably deserve. Uh, (laughs) If you're the one disrespecting your substitute, I gotta assume you're disrespectful to a lot of people who don't deserve it, so don't feel uh, vindicated in any way. Uh, Disrespectful students are something I'm very much against. But also, there is a reason that there's a certain uh, attitude towards substitutes. And uh, some of them are people who really want to be teachers and just haven't gotten a job yet. So that's real sad. But some of them are engineers in the waiting who haven't gotten a job yet. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what that was for me? Uh, My current job, uh, I work at a college, uh, basically doing a lot of marketing for admissions mm-hmm. uh, and work very closely with like admission counselors, the dean of admission, uh, a lot of folks who are like making decisions, you know, about <laughs> how the college works. And like, I am, we, they are a group of phenomenal people who are great at their jobs, but there has been nothing more humbling in my mind than like when I applied for UK I was like, so there's this group of like shadowy elites reading my application, combing through it, uh, like just who know exactly what's going on at this elite institution, the University (laughs) of Kentucky. Uh, And just being on the other side of it and how we're like, "Eh, what if we do this? Could we do that? And then be like, yeah, run with it, man. And then it happens and it's like a thing that is like sent out to prospective students or, you know, 
is like an event that we they come to and we're like hey we gotta figure this out it's next week man the students are coming has been has it's been it's been a real eye-opener and i imagine that's how the entire world works is by people who are like this can't be how the rest of the world works though it's just my specific sector is all messed up no like i've always had this mentality that's anti uh Okay, so there's an ideal where people have it in their heads that, oh, yeah, people know what they're doing. There's this thing about uh, the professional, the artist, the any any industry of like, oh, there are people who are so good or so genius that it couldn't possibly be replicated. And I have come to the like it was initially probably like just assumption and teenage angst of like, yeah, that's not a thing. And it's grown into a cemented idea of. Oh yeah, no, like some people are definitely talented, but you cannot convince me that I need to respect certain people or positions beyond a certain level based on the idea that, oh, no one else could do it because I am confident that literally everyone could be replaced by at least like a hundred people. Like there are a hundred people on this earth that could do what insert person does uh, just as well. Yeah. And then there are 10,000 that could do almost as good a job. And those people are probably dumb. Yeah. And, and like, I think that's almost a good mentality to have, especially about like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, because oh, man. I could be replaced so easily by just a guy who knows what CAD is and like is willing to listen. Yeah. And like, that, that's a very delicate balance because you can really easily get back into imposter syndrome, which God knows I've got pretty bad. Uh, but like, also being like, no, people could learn how to do this. Like, yeah. Because, c- like, also, you got to remember your place of employment is not your friend. And they also know that you can be replaced. Yeah, so like, they're not your friend. They're not your family. Uh, they put up with you as long as they view you as something they can milk money out of. Yeah. But also, you're probably pretty good at what you're doing. What, whatever it is you're doing, you're probably pretty good at it. And, like, let yourself feel that sometimes also. It's a delicate balance, like I said. And I'm going to say the pessimistic version of that of even if you're not very good at it, if you're trying, you're better than a lot of people. Yeah, hard work can make up for talent a lot of the times. Not always, but a a lot of the time. And being good is, of course, a thing that's subjective, but also, like, people will accept things that should not be considered good as phenomenal very readily. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk, for example. Uh, He is. He is a businessman. Huh? (sighs) He is a businessman who was born with a silver spoon shoved up his ass. That's true. Or should I say an emerald spoon? Ah, yeah, because the apartheid. Uh... (laughs) Oh, yeah. And in case you're wondering uh, for another reason to dislike this man, he was raised in a place, you know, experiencing apartheid and like has within the past few years expressed views that are very aligned with apartheid. Yeah. Now, he didn't say anything about race, but he did say that uh, society should be very separate and 
I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna paraphrase, but uh, separate based on uh, class. Boy, how not to mention man. literally all the other things he said. So, and the fact you know. that the uh, use of racial slurs increased was it five hundred percent the day after he bought it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool country. Pretty po- cool place. And that's what this episode's about. Now that I think about it. it's a patriotism episode and Mm -hmm. what we were talking about is that the american revolution definitely exists and then we got on the patriot we should have known mel gibson of all people would lead us to racism uh now am i saying that he is definitely still a racist yes i am go ahead yeah Uh, can i prove it give me some give me a day i I imagine i i could but i guess I, i don't know but uh, it wouldn't be like the easiest thing I've ever done. But like I am breathing right now, so it's a low bar. John musket ball hits a car. Not much happened. I feel like depends on the force behind it. Uh, from a musket. Is, from a musket. Again, like you can overload, sure, or you can underload a musket. Uh, but like, so thing about a musket is you put a bunch of shrapnel in there it's a blunderbuss uh so like if you put a bunch of shrapnel in there and you shoot a person they got tons of little bits inside them you put a musket ball it punch a hole through them musket ball is gonna at least dent a car significantly probably punch through a layer but you put shrapnel in there nothing like it'll scratch it. You're going to scratch the paint or squ- squishy bit. You hit them in the eyes. They're blind. Sure. Where, where I'm kind of big target. That is sure. Where I'm kind of getting a comparison in my head is car is to musket as human is to airsoft pellet. Okay. But bigger airsoft pellet. And also stronger. Uh, but like, but like. <laughs> to like uh, a paintball. Is that more damage than I mean, I've only for the most part, I've not seen a paintball gun that like wouldn't do more damage than your average airsoft. Because there's only so much force you can put in an airsoft gun before the bullet will shatter. Paintball, uh, it's just larger in general and you can be a dick and freeze them uh and my brother not a frozen paintball was shot with a paintball and just giant welt you get an airsoft gun and you're gonna get like a tiny little bruise okay unless you get a super powerful one yeah i've i've done paintball i haven't done airsoft so i always thought airsoft was worth worse what that is not something i would imagine you would want to do yeah, I didn't. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. This <laughs> uh, one of my friends in like middle school, but we went with them, uh, and I was very bad at it, and I got hit a lot, and it hurt really bad. So I stayed in one place and never tried to hit anybody. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it left big, big bruises that I hated a lot. <laughs> so, but they... it didn't get anywhere near killing me. Is what I'm going to get at. Well, here's the thing. If you want to prevent those bruises, you got to layer up, which some people don't tell you, which is why my brother was so hurt by it is because he was wearing just a T-shirt. Ooh, like a short sleeve T-shirt? Yeah. 
Oh no, buddy. It hit him on the trunk, so like it, it wasn't an arm graze or anything, but boy howdy, I think there was some blood. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> that sucks, man. Yeah. Uh so for the most part, I could believe that musket not penetrating uh anything that wasn't glass. But again, cars do have big weakness of extremely large eyes. No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's a very famous quote from the American Revolution that is, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. Because you can't aim with these guns. That is a big part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think quite literally. Uh, But, A, I imagine that would be sooner in in the cards (laughs) battle. If but, you can see them, you can see the whites of their eyes. Yeah, mo- their eyes are mostly white, as yeah. opposed to humans, which I would say maybe like 50% of what you can see at any given time, if that. Man, I'm, I was trying to like think about it and like, uh, well, what if someone's like squinting or what if they have like just the widest of open eyes? And they're like, no, yeah, for the most part, you can probably see r- roughly 50. So I guess maybe they're aiming for it. I like that. <laughs> But and I will say, don't don't shoot unless you're aiming for the whites of their eyes. Yeah, if you were to try to kill people with a paintball gun, going for the eyes is probably a good strategy. Well, if it's a paintball gun, I would say aim for the eyes first if you're trying to kill them. Yeah, but I don't think that shooting them in the eyes repeatedly would kill them. I mean, then again, it's probably the closest to direct access to the brain. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. Like, if you can get one in their open mouth, maybe that would ruin enough stuff. <laughs> Make them choke but like, on it. Yeah. Like, their nose wouldn't handle it well either, but that would just hurt them. So I'm thinking the eyes. Like, if you hit yeah. them in the throat, that would... I don't think that would kill them. I think it would certainly put them out of commission for a second as they, now, you that's, know... That's where recovered. I think I'm aiming, is you aim for the eyes... And then maybe you aim for the nose and then the throat. Because what you're wanting to do is, is like get it to swell so much that it either sure. cuts off circulation or if you get the nose first and then the throat that they can't breathe. But sure. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Just to be clear, I probably don't have to say this. Don't kill people with baseball guns. Uh... I'm going to go a little bit further and say don't kill people. Don't kill people. Yeah. Don't play paintball. I'll also say that. It's, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> if you have all the protective gear and it's something you are passionate about, sure. But if you aren't sure about it, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably not for you. Yeah, I feel like every person who's ever been like, oh, I love this, knew before they went that they would like it a lot. And if you think, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is my thing, you're probably right. But if you think, that could be fun, probably not. Probably, It's probably not for you. But I like that we've uh, done another American Revolution in there. Don't shoot till we see the light to their eyes. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> there are other oh things. Let's see. So I got to imagine Boston Tea Party, right? Boston That's got to be oil and an ecological disaster. Now, here's the thing. I do still think it's tea. Ah, it's so much more fun if it's an ecological <laughs> disaster, though. Yeah, but in Cars 2, they do establish that tea is a thing, that uh, British people are, haha, you, they're British. Yeah, I think they do. Mm. 
So, yeah, it's probably still tea, and it's probably still offensive to Native Americans. Oh, for sure. They don't. They never change the things that are offensive in Picard's movies. Yeah, uh, like, you could, but they're not gonna. But they don't. Now, is this a part of the Disney mentality of, we're not going to remove it, instead we're going to raise the issue so that we can discuss how this was a bad thing? But also, like, it's Cars, and it's Cars 2, so, like, you don't have to take Cars 2 seriously. God knows we don't. In uh, fact, it's better when you don't. Actually, I gotta say, if anyone takes Cars 2 seriously, it would have to be the two of us. Like, mm-hmm. just factually, we probably take and Cars 2 more seriously than most. The number and the too much one. Yeah. Oh boy. John, Man. do you know more things about the American Revolution? I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, well, the American Revolution, as everyone knows, uh, is something my father and I have had a discussion about, which my father became very disappointed in me with, uh, in which I basically said, hey, uh, voting is important and all that, but like, don't don't pretend for a second that like there weren't some bad motivations there. Like the people who got all the poor people to sacrifice their lives, uh, they also wanted to control those people like the American heroes that got everyone to stand up and fight also wanted power for themselves. And like also uh, killing people over all that. I'm going to take a hard stance and say that it's not a very pro-life thing to do. Uh, Killing people in general not very positive in the direction of life. And he took that well? Uh, he took it as well as my father could. <laughs> uh, I didn't mention the pro-life part because sure. I've I, had I, discussions I... with my father about that and uh, boy howdy, trying to explain to this man things that he will not listen to of like, oh, did you know that uh, included in a lot of your uh, abortion statistics are miscarriages because miscarriages are technically by the definition of doctors abortions which i think is messed up yeah but uh yeah that's a thing dad that i don't want you to ever talk to my wife about for reasons okay so yeah don't that was an uncomfortable conversation (laughs) that i had with my dad good on you for having it though (laughs) yeah Man, having conversations with my dad that are uncomfortable became a theme of the past five years. <laughs> Trying to explain to my dad that the Proud Boys were, in fact, uh, fascists and yeah. b- bad and just openly racist. That was weird. And then I would show him. Uh, there are things where I'm like, that's not proof. That's just evidence. Uh, proof that they are. Yeah. Uh, what was not enough for him. I was like, oh, you're just picking and choosing your websites. And I'm like, no, dad, I have specifically clicked on every single site. And out of the first 20 results, all of them but one agreed with me. And the other one didn't say anything. And uh, also, I chose specifically the websites that you're likely to listen to. Hello, Breitbart. (laughs) Going to Breitbart and seeing, yeah, the Proud Boys are uh, fascist. That's weird. And... (laughs) 
if there's anything to be like, I had good on you, Breitbart, I guess it's that. I guess. I guess. That does remind me of one of my all-time favorite. Do you know the Twitter account Drill? No. Uh, D-R-I-L. One of the best accounts out there. Posts abs- absolute nonsense. Uh, one of his my favorite ever is he tweeted, issuing correction on a previous post of mine regarding the terror group ISIS. You do not, under any circumstances, gotta hand it to him. <laughs> Which, of course, reminded me of the Breitbart. <laughs> you really don't gotta hand it to him. You really don't. You don't have to. That's the thing. You don't gotta. Also, talking about your dad reminded me of a thing. I've had a question about your son and his name for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you are named John Cameron Bishop. Mm-hmm. You were called your middle name for a good portion of your life, but then decided to go by your first name instead, in part because you didn't like your middle name. Yeah. Uh, or at least being used as your first name. But you have also named your son a name that he goes by his middle name. Mm -hmm. I understand that the issue is less that it was your middle name and more that you just didn't like the name Cameron that much. It does mean crooked nose. Sure. I'm just just curious about that a little bit uh, about if, if you, if you thought about that at all, about the fact that you went by your middle name for a while and then stopped and you are calling your child by your middle, their middle name. Well, I'm calling my son by, a nickname, a nickname of his of middle, middle name. name. <laughs> and uh, true. here's a part of it is my middle name does mean crooked nose, which I don't know if everyone's going to agree with this, but I would say is an insult. Yeah. Uh, no. Also, when I was young, I was motivated by uh, admittedly a bit of homophobia. Uh, sure. I was like, that's a girl's name. I don't want to be a girly boy. Uh, and... You know, I, I grew up eventually, thankfully. Uh, sure. But by the point that I had grown up, I had also like gone by John for a larger portion of my life. And uh, I think that Rory's going to be okay with it for a few reasons. One is that his name is actually not an insult. It True. means Red King. And yeah. it's based on uh, Roran Stronghammer one of if not my favorite character from the inheritance cycle uh and well there's those cool things and also like i named him john for a few reasons one of which is i like the safety rule of you give them a fun name and then you give them a boring one in case that doesn't work out (laughs) and uh i don't know if he's gonna want to go by the boring name especially seeing as how the more students I see or hear about, uh, the crazier the names get as time goes on. Sure. I don't know if it's ever going to cycle back to like, oh yeah, everyone has a boring name. Like the most exciting name is, uh, Kyle. But now I think, I think names are just going to get more and more wild and he's going to probably want to like, if he's like me or no, well, hopefully a little bit in this way of like, oh, I'm not going to go whole hog into it, like call myself laser, but I'm also not going to be super boring about it. Then again, if he decides to go by John, 
of course, will call him that. Sure. Uh, but I will say that uh, I've never done that to my family. My mm-hmm. rule is my family calls me Cameron because that's what they've always called me. Yeah. My my mother named me Cameron. She gets to call me that. Yeah. Uh, even if I don't like the whole it's an insult, she never meant it that way. She just yeah. thinks it's a nice, pretty name. And that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and if you knew me before I changed the name, you're allowed to call me whatever you want. In general, in life, you're allowed to call me a lot of things. I just kind of go with it. Uh, but I think John fits better. I think Rory fits him better. Yeah. Uh, he's also, I think, going to become Thor. So sure. probably wants a name that means king. Yeah. Just to be clear, I think you know this, but that was not that was not me judging how you've chosen to name your child. I just thought about that the other day and haven't been able to stop thinking about it. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's completely fair. And part of me was worried that you were going to have assumed that he was in some way named after my father. And technically he is on account of he's named after me. Yeah, (laughs) sure. But even my father is named after someone, so... There you go. Yeah. That was Funny a fun enough, little sidetrack to go to. His, uh, my father also dislikes his middle name. Mm. And his middle name's a fun story. Have I shared it with you? And have I shared it with the podcast? Definitely not the podcast. I don't remember it, but that doesn't mean you've never told me that, knowing myself. All right. So his middle name uh, is Granville. One more time. Granville. Granville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because I think his like great grandfather, maybe uncle, uh, was named that supposedly. Uh, and then he found out that it was misspelled. <laughs> it's not the correct spelling of Granville. <laughs> uh, so that was frustrating. Yeah. And then he finds out later that he was named after someone I think named like John G. And someone had just said to his mother uh yeah it the g stands for granville well it turns out it doesn't <laughs> it's an interesting he's, mistake to make <laughs> he's named granville after a man whose middle name is g oh and yeah. to my understanding it's not like g e e it's just g <laughs> yeah i know and this may not be the case i know it's not always super common in all cultures to have a middle name. So I feel, I feel like I've heard upon like immigrating to America, a lot of people just made up a middle name or like did an initial, mm. uh, which it is certainly not necessarily the case with this guy, but I mean, I don't know how far back the Irish goes, but sure. might could be cool. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, this is a, a weird thing to to share. I think we have, but so Liz's mom has made an absolutely absurd statement before that uh, she is like a quarter Latina. Has she really? And that's oh, insane, no, right? Christina. It's true. She took a DNA test and found out that uh, she is, in fact, one fourth Latina. Does that make Lizzie an eighth Latina? And it makes Rory a sixteenth. All right. Well, I guess I could 
No, I'm not going to say I can see it because I, I didn't. No, they're uh, <laughs> Liz, extremely Irish looking. Yeah. <laughs> like concerning to me, the more I think about it of like, yeah, we're both very Irish. Huh? I'm like 40% maybe. Well, I mean, Rory is a great name for an Irish looking child. <laughs> yeah, so. For an Irish. Uh, now, for a Latino Irish, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know that 16. That seems quite it seems still seems a little questionable at best. Yeah, and him... like you could say what you're gonna say about like uh passing and whatnot, but like Christina I would not say is passing at for uh being uh like I would say she okay, no, reverse of that. I was saying passing for Latina. Yeah. Uh she is very much passing as a Latina, I guess. Yeah, like... And Rory, he is 100% Aryan. Yeah, he's not going to have the lived experiences of the Hispanic or Latino communities. Yeah, he is going to have the, uh, I don't know, the lived experience of a Snow White. Yeah, for sure. Fair skin, beautiful blue eyes, blonde hair. Mm -hmm. It's going to go away. He's going to lose that. He's kept it for a long time, man. I thought that too. I mean, I was like four when I lost it. Okay, that's I. I, I guess I don't know when that happens because I never did. It just uh, gradually gets darker <laughs> and darker as you yeah. go. Like uh, his cousin Emma, also blonde hair, and they looked like twins for a little bit. But she's growing up. Obviously, she's a bit older than him, mm-hmm. and her hair's at this point. I would say maybe light brown instead of dark blonde. Sure. Whereas his is still getting to like the dark blonde point. Sure. So John, oh boy. while we were talking about all that, that wasn't the American revolution. I did. I, I want to establish, I do know other things about the American revolution, <laughs> but like, I don't know, man, we both don't know taxation, more about the American <laughs> revolution. That is funny. Yeah, that's it. The stamp act. We can talk about it, but like, I don't know. They probably put a tax on stamps. <laughs> Of course, Rick's. I mean, um, you say that, but like, how important are stamps in a world where people are planes? Yeah, and I don't know. Paul Revere did a British. Did he ride guy. another vehicle? Yeah, that, that's. I was thinking about that. Did he ride a tractor? Could be, could be. He maybe had a trailer, which we say is a horse sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I think, and this is not an American Revolution episode. It's a Fourth of July episode. But I'm just so scared to leave American Revolution because I've thought of nothing else to talk about. <laughs> All right, what about Independence Day, the film? The film about aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Welcome saw to it Earth. Once a long time ago. <laughs> How much weirder is it if uh, Mater has to fight off some of the unidentified? Was it? Flying Maters? It is, in fact, unidentified Flying Maters. All right. How awful is that going to be when, like, that one comes back and he has to punch it in the face and say, welcome to Earth? Now, one, an incredible vignette you've created. But two, I do need to correct ourselves. The short is called Unidentified Flying Mater. The creature is Mator. Oh, of course. Mator. He has to punch his own face in. Mator is... Uh, the mo- it's Mater's monster. He is Doctor Mater. Uh, is the <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So he's going to have to punch him his own face in pretty much and say, welcome to Earth, uh, which I have to insist on him saying, because uh, although it's going to be rude for him to be uh, taking that affectation of uh, Sir William Smith, uh, it's too good. It is very good. You brought it up is a good very point. good. And I know that like there's a, an uncomfort, uh, a discomfort when it comes to talking about Will Smith because of the act of violence on the the stage. But also, I I can't get rid of all of my affection for the man. And like we can all agree, we can all agree that what he did was like a lot. But we can all agree that like the reaction to it was also a lot, right? <laughs> The reaction to it was also a lot, especially seeing as how like uh, Harvey Weinstein has been thanked at more of those events than uh, yeah. God. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have hit the man. The man also shouldn't have made fun of his wife, even though I don't think it was... what Whatever, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I mean, he clearly didn't know it was because of yeah. an actual medical condition that yeah. this woman was losing her hair. He probably just thought, oh yeah... A lot of uh, black women do have shaved heads. This is just a thing. He probably just thought it was chill. So, like, I don't know. Maybe do your research before you make the joke. But also, I'm pretty sure someone else wrote the joke and he just said it. So, like, you can't fault all of it. It's a tough situation. Uh, I don't know if... Yeah, that nobody did No one was in the right. Including the public reacting to it yeah so no one was in the right and here's the thing i gotta say it was Uh a slap and a slap is meant to disrespect someone not to harm them yeah it was an act of aggression it was a physical assault it was bad but like even his own decision in that moment of i'm choosing violence was to well i don't actually want to hurt this man yeah so, like, there's so much to discuss with that. Unlike the 4th <laughs> of July. Mentioned. Fireworks? <laughs> is this is that anything? All right. Cats aren't really that afraid of fireworks. So, like, True. the thing that we know is a creature that exists. Like, do we have an analog for dogs? We've never been able to do a good one. I know we've probably said 100 different things are dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we've ever settled as a good one on a good we one. know like... for sure what cats are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. So, like, hey, cars, let your dog analog come in. Hell yeah, bud. You have some <laughs> hearing protection, even. Some mm-hmm. of them won't gel with it, but some of them will, you know? I don't know how I feel about uh, anti-anxiety medication for dogs, but, like... Do your research. Maybe consider it. I don't know. Dogs deserve all the best. I love dogs. Dogs are really good, is the thing. Mm -hmm. And And... I know a lot of people aren't going to be as comfortable with doing what I do with my dog when she's upset by storms and uh, fireworks, but hey, comfort your dogs. Well, uh, when it's bad, I I straight up will, like, spoon my dog. That's nice. Uh, I guess. More often, it's like she'll be rolled up in my legs, which is cute. But like when she gets real bad shaky, I'll hold her. Oh boy. The American flag. 
okay, you know how they have to do a lot of rigmarole with flags? Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to do that <laughs> if you were a car, right? Yeah, but you know who's going to be on the flag team in high school? It's gotta be Guido. <laughs> well, well, the Italian. He's not American. <laughs> I don't know if he's got his citizenship, but I, I'm gonna say Guido is a dual citizen. For sure, no but like when reason. he was in school, oh, he I'm was pretty for sure, sure in Italy. Yeah. So like his his kind for sure. Yeah, but Guido specifically would be very good at that. Are flag teams a thing around the world? I gotta think no. I gotta think it's one of the th- weird things. Because like, like, when we America's tell... really proud of its flag. Yeah, it's like when we tell people about the Pledge of Allegiance, they're like, they make you do what? Are now, you sure? <laughs> you say that, but when I was in Japan, they did have a thing that they made you stand up and sing. Now, mm. it was the Beatles, but hey. <laughs> and it was for English class. <laughs> Oh well, there you go. That's not that's fun. Yeah, it was it was fun, and of course, I was trying to be misleading there. It was just nice. And here's a fun fact about me. Sure. It was the first time I had ever experienced Ubladi. Oh, that uh, Ubladi Oblada. That's my that's my favorite Beatles song. Yeah, it's probably mine too. But I first experienced it at the age of fourteen in Japan. Incredible. Part of the reason is I just don't really like the Beatles that much. Same. Same. I recognize that their music is good, just to be clear, and that their impact is incredible. Just their music isn't my favorite. Now, here's here's I'm going to take it back to earlier in the episode. Do it. I have made the statement before, and I'm going to stick by it, that like if the Beatles hadn't been there, there would have been a different Beatles. Yeah, probably. Someone was going to do it. Yeah, it's like, man... When people go on about how phenomenal Sinatra was, I'm like, he was a good, talented singer who was supported financially by the mafia. You know this, right? Like, his success was because of that. And sure, like, he did some good progressive things, but also, like, good progressive things for his time aren't as impressive. And, uh... I mean, they're both, they're equal parts more and less, which is weird. Cause like, I love the statement of, uh, yeah, Tolkien, he was progressive for the 40s. About most things. (laughs) He was still a bit racist. Yeah. But like, he tried to work on it. Yeah. Like, he got a letter in the mail from Nazis saying, hey, we love your representation of Jewish people as being these money grubbing dwarves. And then he wrote Gimli to be the opposite of all of the stereotypes he had given into because he felt bad about it. So, yeah, like. He worked on it, but also for the 40s. (laughs) What? Oh, boy. An incredible lesson. That one author that we talk about too much, just in general, as a society could have learned with her representation of goblins and Gringotts. (laughs) But she did the opposite. Yeah, but and then junk. took a hard stance of, oh no, what I say goes. <laughs> then she said a lot of other stuff. Uh, vanish me poopums. And then she did. She did vanish their poopums. John, I found a great way that is related to the episode to finish us out. Are you ready? Let's do it. 
good because it's the wiki quote of the day. We're finishing with it this time of the day. Give me that freedom of the day. We are going over to pixarcars.fandom.com slash wiki slash United States. Mm. There's a lot of things I like about this page. Uh, Maybe the thing I like the most, uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time of it, but you know on like a wiki page, they have the thing on the right that sort of has like continent, capital city, like a a breakdown of basic information about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this one has appearances and lists, as far as I can tell, every piece of Cars media that exists. <laughs> Which is deeply funny to me. Uh, but I'm going to read... Let's see. First, I'll just read the first sentence, which is the United States of America, or USA, is a country that is located in North America. It appears in the Cars and Planes series. Great. But then... John, it does list states, and several of them are just our states, but some of them have listed how they are sometimes car punned, so I'd like to just go through those. All right. Here's one. How about I I tell you the state, and you tell me what you think the car pun could be, and okay. if that gets too stressful, we can stop doing that. If it gets too stressful, we keep going harder. <laughs> sure. We're starting off with New Jersey. You've run out okay. of time. It's New Gearsy. New Carsey. New Gearsy. Uh, okay, that's new better. Gearsy. California. Carnifornia. Carlifornia. Carlifornia. That's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Texas. Uh, uh, Texco. Tex gas. <laughs> okay. John, you're not going to get this one. Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florita. I don't know what the car but Florita is what it is. Okay. Florita. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty good. Uh Nebraska. Okay. Uh Nebraska. Uh Nebraska? Nebraska. Oh, that's I better. like that one actually. Georgia. Oh, um I got nothing. Georgia. Just throwing gear in there. That one doesn't work too good. Uh, Illinois. Okay, this is dumb, but Illinois. (laughs) I like that one, but it is Illinoisal. Again, that is better. Yeah. Michigan. This one may be my favorite. Michigas. No, it is Trans Michigan. Oh, no, that's so much better. Right. That's pretty good. Uh, then we got Mississippi. Um, Mississippi. I, I do like that one. I thought for a second I was like, well, that you just said it bad. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Misfires Ippy. Misfires Sippy. Misfire Sippy? Yeah. Uh, and then, let's see. I don't even get this one. Virginia. Extra virgin olive oil. Ringinia? Ringinia? Like wrench? That can't, there's Is that, it W? W R E N, then, you know, Ginya. Yeah, that's wrench Ginya. Well, it the thing is, it isn't, but that's fine. <laughs> They're just well, thinking mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Gears and wrenches. 
Which, as the person who often does the title puns for these, speaking of, I don't have one for this one, which I'll come up with. Uh, I do get it. You gotta, you gotta take what you, what words even sort of slightly make sense and See, just run with them. I do like my lazy approach of just say car in there somewhere. It it works more than I want it to. Yeah. Between car and van, you got mm-hmm. most words. Almost all of them. Almost every word you can throw car or van into. Yep. But what a perfect way to end it. We talk so much about America and don't listen back to prove that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We know we've been crazy bad with uploading recently. Uh, life stuff, you get it. But we're sorry. Uh, yeah, and stop judging us. I'm about to have another baby, and also they're getting married, so deal with it. It's true. And house hunting. Feel even worse for us. The mm-hmm. house hunting's worse than the wedding. Let me Especially tell you. in this economy? But, like, actually in this economy. No, uh, seriously, it's insane trying it's to really, own a house right now. It's really bad. <laughs> anyway, I was thanking you, because we do mean that. We appreciate if you listen to this episode after us not uploading for straight up a month. Uh... And if you want to send us ideas as become has become part of the outro, we clearly need them. Uh, so you could either email those to us at the kachat and gmail.com or tweet them at us uh, at the kachat. Twitter's dying. It's but I don't know. I can't get on blue sky because I haven't figured it out yet. So you could just still tweet them at us. What's blue uh, sky? It's the Twitter replacement, but it seems not as I don't know. Uh, Anyway, Dell Jones says it's part of the outro. All right. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer. Tiny robots on.